Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We have a really exciting episode today. We get to talk about how to be healthier, how to be fit, all the things that come around taking care of your body. I am a firm believer that you are your biggest asset in your business. If you don't take care of yourself, then really that's a detriment not only to you and your life, which is pretty freaking important, but to your business. And so it's so important to understand things about taking care of yourself, um, being in better shape, taking care of your health, your hormones, all those things. That is part of what we're gonna talk about today. I'm super excited. Our guest, when I was researching, I mean, talk about like, a hustler there's like there's blogs there's podcasts instagram influencing there's a practice there it's employee turned entrepreneur welcome brooks vaughn the founder of the women's health company welcome to the podcast thank you i'm excited to be here i am pumped so this is gonna be fun so we've just yeah. got to kind of meet each other and talk to each other on the phone here over the last uh few weeks and now we get to meet in person have a podcast together and talk about some business hormones things i know this is primarily women's health but you know I figure you can educate me a little bit along the way yeah yeah you know it's funny I was telling you earlier I told Skylar my husband this morning that this was the one podcast I was a little nervous about because I know all about hormones but when it comes to business I'm like uh take what I say with a grain of salt <laughs> but he reminded me he was like no you are a businesswoman he reminds me of that a lot he's like you are a businesswoman too so what are you talking anyway. about you are like doing things that <laughs> most people like don't even get to to like year 15 in business seriously you've got well, I mean, you've got a thriving business You've got all, you've got, I look at your website and there's, again, there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's like courses in the works, there's all sorts. So you were like, getting after it. So it's really cool to see. And, um, and, and in a space that I don't think is a traditional business space that we see, um, tell us a little bit about, just give us kind of a crash course and kind of what you do. And I'm really interested to talk about how you had the courage to step away from you know, a, a really successful employee position and go from that employee turn entrepreneur. Because mm-hmm. I think so many people are in your shoes of they want to get away from their nine to five job and inflexible schedule or the culture of where they at. They want to change and do something different. So tell us a little bit about what you do first and then we'll kind of dive into the rest of it. Okay. Well, I am a women's health nurse practitioner. Um, so I work with women and I primarily focus now on hormone health which really impacts everything (laughs) every aspect of our lives and nutrition and holistic I I kind of have a more whole person I call it whole person approach Um, and so the women's health company is I call it a boutique whole health clinic Um, love it because I love to meet one-on-one with patients and kind of take it a step further Mm -hmm. than what they may get from a traditional medical healthcare setting Um, Mm -hmm. I like to usually I have about an hour with patients they're at least their first one and two first and second visit um, where we just get to know each other dive really deep into their health history and their lifestyle their nutrition um, their symptoms their you know all I ask 
a million questions. I call it the interrogation. <laughs> is the first I like that. the first yeah. visit is the interrogation because I just ask a lot of questions, and then we tailor usually blood work um, or testing based on what kind of our first appointment looks like. Um, we run that te- those lab tests and then we follow up. And I usually, um, in that second visit, give patients a three-pronged approach to their health. I usually focus on, we go over their blood work results and then we focus on nutrition and lifestyle and fitness, supplementation, and then medication um, or hormone replacement therapy if needed. And so, and then I kind of continue that care throughout the year as they need it. So, yeah. So this is not just a come in, take my blood, let me know what's going on two weeks later. This is a sit down, let's have a consultation, Mm -hmm. let's consult about what's going on, your health, which is so much different than what's happening in the medical field right now. I feel like that's really unique and going back to what we all want and I think what we used to have 20 years ago. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think too for women, especially I see so often we feel like it's a little bit selfish to take Mm -hmm. the time, Mm -hmm. you know, to take an hour to take care of ourselves, to dive deeper, to, you know, and I was telling a friend of mine this week, I feel like, um, you know, my mindset has shifted even, I, I think, and this is what I encourage a lot of my patients with, and, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so when you are burned out, when you're not feeling your best, when you're not taking care of yourself, it's a, it's a lot harder to take good care of other people and to serve other people well, which is what most of us want to do. Um, and I, my mindset has shifted from, there's a verse um in the Bible that basically says you are not your own, you were bought with a price, so honor the Lord with your body. Your body is a temple. And so my my shift has been, okay, my body is actually borrowed. And so if you think about borrowing your friend's car, you are going to take really good care of that car. You're going to, I mean, most of us, especially, you know, a lot of us type A people would probably wash the car and actually fill it up with gas before we returned it, you know? And so in doing that and taking care of our friend's car, we're honoring the owner of that car, which is our friend, and we're not trashing it. And it's kind of like that with our bodies when you consider our bodies are, in a sense, borrowed. Everything we have is, in a sense, borrowed. It all belongs to God. And um, when we honor our, our bodies, we're honoring the Lord. And I think sometimes that shift for women is like a light bulb of, okay, like that's not a selfish thing. That's actually a an act of, you know, worship. And that's a way that I can actually glorify God and also better serve the people that I am called to serve. So I love that. And it's interesting so that you use the car example because when I am talking about health and fitness and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and business and as an owner, you being the business asset, I use the opposite approach to the car example. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, if you had a business vehicle and you didn't change the oil or take care of it for 20,000 miles, like mm-hmm. it's going to blow up. You can't just exactly. redline and not take care of something or maintain something or be proactive. And yep. 
with anything, a, ma- a machine, a car, your body, like if you just push, push, push and don't ever do any sort of like maintenance or protective aspect to it, mm-hmm. if you don't wash it, if you don't change the oil, if you don't take care of it, it's going to blow up. It is not sustainable. And I think our bodies are yes. the same way. So you, so true. I love the borrowing, the, our, look at our bodies like we're yeah. borrowed and like borrowing the car because that really does put it in perspective yeah. of like you want to really take care of that like, absolutely it's, it's my responsibility and mm-hmm. <coughs> especially for those of us that are so freaking lucky to for the most part be really healthy and like mm-hmm. be blessed with good health and good bodies and how do we maintain that and take care of it um in what you do with the hormone side i feel like a lot of that especially as a 40 something male like hormones like historically have been like something <laughs> negative i feel yeah. like um which is sad but it's all starting to change now if i can the last couple of years hormones are a lot of conversation health nutrition um uh, one of my friends she was telling me probably three months ago um, we were talking some business stuff and some other things and she was talking about she had some blood work done and had some deficiencies and different things and hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And within like 30 to 45 days, like it had like changed her life. She's like, I got to get my husband to go. Like I'm telling everybody, she's like, I have energy now. I feel yeah. better. And so it's really, I think, becoming more mainstream. But how did you, in something that's somewhat newer, I guess, in, in people really caring about this kind of stuff or understanding, how did you have the courage to say, you know what, I'm quitting my day job, my every two week direct deposit, the place of my my career and education, what I've done for so long, and I'm walking away and doing something different on my own. So how did how in the world did you get there? <laughs> well, it was a process. It was a long time coming, to be honest with you, and I think it was a combination of what I've always dreamed and uh-huh. my you know long term, like this is what I would love to do if I could you know, pick what I wanted to do. do anything. If I could do anything, this is what it would be. Um, I've always wanted to have a boot. I call it a boutique clinic because Mm -hmm. it's almost like a, I want it to have more of a counseling slash spa feel versus, you know, a paper cloth vest and stirrup type example. Um, And so, (laughs) so interesting enough, I have some, we've recently had a baby. Yes, you know, (laughs) I am like, a little bit, I, I will say, like, our OBGYN, like, it was such a hard and traumatic and, like, 15-hour experience having a baby. I've yeah. never I've never yeah. seen – but I would. I told my wife, I was like, I'll give her a car, like, whatever she wants. Yeah. It's awesome. But interesting enough, going in for the – when we went to the first time to the appointment, it is the most, like, institutional, sterile. like, uncomfortable, yes. sterile, like – it is and hard it, paper. I'm like, this is like from a customer experience. Like, this sucks. I know, and it's so personal, yes. you know, for women that it's like. And I think it, there is a time and a place for it. We need, we, you know, you've <laughs> yeah. got to have. We have to have both. But I think for with what I do, it for women to really open up and feel comfortable. You don't have to have that sterile feel, yeah. and so it came. So back to your question, I would say kind of a uh, me stepping out was a stem from this is my dream this is what I've always wanted to do experience and having to get that first and learn kind of 
I would say, in a sense, be in the trenches and really mm-hmm. learn what it looks like to put your head down, work hard, gain the experience that you need, and then also becoming really burned out um, and being like, this is not what this there there has to be more than this. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably feel that way in so. their jobs. And um, I was in a large clinic. We lived Skylar, my husband and I lived in Charlotte, um, North Carolina for the first about six years of our marriage. And I, after grad school, um, moved to Charlotte. We got married. I took a job. I, I interned at the largest practice there and um, had the most amazing mentor who was just, she was year after year the top gynecologist in Charlotte and a mom of three. Um, She worked part-time, an amazing surgeon. Like she just trained me so well. Um, and my dream was to work alongside of her. Like, yeah. I was like, I just want to be you. I want to mimic you. I want to be everything. I just want to be you. And still, to this day, I was texting with her this morning, and I'm like, I just, I still want to be you because you're just so cool. Um, and so anyway, she, so I did. They they ended up hiring me onto that practice. Um, it was great. It was the best, I, I would say, hands down. For my experience, I was kind of thrown into the fire because we were so busy um, that it that first those first few years were me like gaining so much skill and experience. The first year as a nurse practitioner, you don't have an established patient base, so you're building that. And so my schedule was I remember our, the the lead doctor coming into my office one day. This was my first few weeks, and he was like, "Okay, so we have decided what we're going to do with you." And I was like, "Oh gosh." What is that? And he was like, so we have all these patients that call same day with all, you know, like emergencies. Uh And we don't have anywhere to put them. So your schedule is going to be open for all of the emergencies. So I was the emergency provider, which talk about a heart attack as a new NP. That means no prep time, no no research, no looking at their file. It's like, here you go. Figure it out. I have never met you. Here we go. (laughs) Miscarriage, ectopic pregnancies, bleeding out, like passing. I mean, everything that from a high risk. Emotionally, all the things. Yes. So I saw all the high risk things, all the difficult things. But it was the best. I mean, it truly gave me the most experience. Did I sleep those first few years? No, I was scared to death that I was going to kill somebody or miss something. Or, But it made me really, you know, I would say even just confident in my ability to take care of people. Um, and then that sort of grew into built, like, gaining my own patient base. Um, and so as we grew there and I I loved what I was doing but I just kept getting busier and busier and seeing upwards of 30 35 40 patients in a day and um it just got to the point of where I really had to take a step back and be like I'm not able I'm it's a factory you know in a sense and again we need we need health care and we need you know OBGYN offices um but for my personality and for my training, the way that I had, you know, the the, the schooling that I got, 
Um, with my grad program, they were very focused on looking at the whole person. Mm-hmm. Same with my my supervising physician. She had gone to the same grad school that I did, but med school. I went to the NP program, and she did the med program. And so we had a very similar approach. Um, and she was part of what encouraged me because she ended up taking a step back and going to a smaller practice and really slowing down because she, I, I remember her saying one time to me, you know, you're, you're, and I talked about this on Instagram this week, you have to choose who gets your, your yes. And when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. Oh, that's good. And you're, I re, and you know, at that point in my career, I didn't have kids yet. Uh-huh. And um, I was just, I really wanted to be a girl boss, you know, I was like, I just want to, I love working. I love making money. I love the corporate side of it. I was doing some administrative work too and learning the business side of our clinic and our office. And, um, but I remember her saying one day your priorities are going to change a little bit and you're not only are you going to want to spend more time with your family, your kids are going to be more demanding of your time and you're going to want to not feel that tug of like you've got 40 patients to reschedule if your child is sick and they need you at home to also you know your patient quality of care comes before your quant the quantity of care so I really started to become burned out where I was and um just a little bit tired of the the rat race and felt like I just couldn't provide the quality of care that I really craved with my patients. I couldn't dive deeper and I was seeing all of these hormonal things that were coming up in, you know, my conversations Mm -hmm. and um, just really started to dream about, okay, what would it look like one day to be able to take a step back and to really focus on my patients and so long story short, kind of few years later, the Lord, we really felt like the Lord was calling us to Athens, back to Athens. We mm-hmm. wanted to raise a family here. And, you know, I'm from a small town in South Georgia. And Where are you from? Charlotte, a little town called Millen. Millen, okay. I'm mm-hmm. from Hazelhurst, Georgia. Oh, I yeah. know where Hazelhurst yeah. is. Yeah. It's like, you know, we have a, a waffle, I mean, not a waffle house, a huddle house. A huddle house, yeah. And a I've McDonald's. Never, I've never <laughs> been to a waffle house until I moved to Athens. Yeah, same, have, yeah. same. We don't have a waffle house. <laughs> That's awesome. We, they just got it, and I call it McDonald's. Everybody's like, it's not McDonald's, it's McDonald's, but anyway, it was a big deal when they got a McDonald's. But we always had a, we had a Dairy Queen and a Huddle House. Dairy Queen was the staple, one hundred percent. Of course, it was every Friday after school. Um, but Charlotte had just started to feel really big for me, mm-hmm. especially as just being you know a small town girl. My husband and I met at Georgia. We we were always like Athens is our dream. We want to be there, so we moved here. Kind of leap of faith um and <laughs> long story short i ended up working in private practice and it was a it was a game changer for me like i just would pinch myself you know as i would go to work because i'm like i cannot believe that i am here getting to spend more time with my patients really having personal relationships with the people i work with i love small business i loved it um and it just sort of fostered my as I was seeing patients where I was really starting to see a lot more hormone consults and it really just started to foster like a desire in me to step out and um, thankfully my my boss at the time who also is a dad of 
seven kids and has 19 or 20, maybe 21 grandkids now. Um, and a small business owner himself, he was very encouraging of that. And, you know, because his practice wasn't necessarily focused so much on what on the horm- on the hormone side it was more on something else and so um we still work together and I, I love him to death but he was like do it I'm so excited for you and so it kind of was a direct you know kind yeah. of a, I, I say I think there's a I'm terrible at actually the actual bible verses in proverbs it says the a man decides his path but the lord directs his steps and I feel like I had kind of like decided my path in a sense of like hey I really this is the direction that I'm going in but I have no idea how this is going to play out mm-hmm. and so I feel very blessed that it's just kind of those little steps along the way kind of equipped me and then also showed me kind of what I didn't want to do yep and then also being under the influence of somebody who was a small business owner who was like you can do this and it is possible and it's so much better than mm-hmm. you know we call it corporate health care for, for my personality. So that's kind of where we. That is so awesome. And there's so many aspects of that that just can resonate with our audience. One of my favorite parts is it sounds like in the beginning and in the end of the transition of starting your career and work and then transitioning out on your own, you had two really supportive, inspiring mentors mm-hmm. and people you work with. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yes. And it, it just the importance of like sometimes we don't have the knowledge or the the experience to be able to make those decisions on our own especially mm-hmm. when we're younger and going through all these yeah. phases and emotions in life and decisions and i think having some sort of wise counsel of people that's yes. a few steps ahead of us or that have been in our position is so smart for any business owner any entrepreneur Absolutely. anybody thinking about a change um but I love one of my favorite things that kind of meshes two different aspects of this together and in the business side is there's so many different ways to be successful in business. Um, mm-hmm. th- there really is like there is no right way or right answer. You have to find what's right for you. And, yeah. and so many models work. This is where I found myself. And I mean, it, I felt like I was in a tax, like I'd grew a practice as a partner, we had 4,400 clients, and wow. it was, I mean, I just felt like I was in a tax factory. Like, yeah. it was, it was, we were keeping the wheels on, but it was killing us, and it was yeah. seeing, I mean, 25 clients a day, and I was oh like, gosh. this is, but it was weird. I, it was this weird feeling of, like, well, I'm serving people, and mm-hmm. I don't know where they'll go if we don't keep doing it, And but I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to step away and have more time and focus on the yeah. clients that, we can spend time with and understand yeah. and business owners, entrepreneurs. And so a lot of that kind of in a completely different realm of is what I experienced. But but from the business side, what I really want our audience to understand about that is both models work. Mm-hmm. You can be the truly the, the OBGYN factory yeah. seeing a, an office that sees 150 patients a yeah. day. You can Absolutely. be the tax office that sees 4,400 clients, mm-hmm. but you can also be the practice mm-hmm. that sees five patients a day and yeah. spends an hour and a half per patient and yeah. doesn't accept insurance and people are still willing to pay for it because once you niche down to the right client and the right service, you're not for everybody, but you are really for the people that believe Amen. and want that yes. and they're willing so to true. pay for it. So. Yeah. 
So many people, I think, in business get hung up on quantity and volume and scaling and revenue. And I'm like, that's not what you want. If you want that, that's awesome. You can yes. build that. And I think it's really cool that you recognize we need that. We do. People yeah. need somewhere to go. People yeah. need that service. Yes. Um, but because if those, like in a medical setting, if those OBGYN offices only saw five to eight patients a day, none of us would be what, able to get in. I agree. You know, what and the like heck what happens you if you need yeah. to have a baby? Uh, you know, so we need that for sure. One hundred percent. And so so I really see I see this a lot in what I do and a lot of business owners that that I work with on the tax and financial side is I'm just shocked at how many different ways there is to to models to do the same business or the same yeah. service and they all work. So you don't have to get funneled into something you don't like and think that's the only way to do it because you can be successful in seeing 40 patients a day or yeah. seeing five a day. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, Absolutely. Question for you, kind of going back to stepping out on your own, do you think, was it more the pain of burnout and staying that pushed you or was it more the excitement and inspiration of doing something different i think when i actually it's interesting so when we moved here Uh burnout i was burned out (laughs) i was tired i was burned out i just was like okay that's not what i i get to choose now moving forward what i'm you know and so but and so I actually started my Instagram account, the Women's Health Company, then. Okay. Just as like a hobby of like, okay, this is just going to be like an educational thing. I did try oh, to I do a little telemed like during like COVID. Provide yes. information. To help Education people. information. I yes. did do some telemed. Like I, so I started my. I actually back then created my LLC, got all of my legal documents together. I mean, it is a. Having a practice is a. It has taken me a while to get to the point of where I'm comfortable with that. Uh-huh. Just from a business legal, HIPAA compliant. I mean, there are so many factors to it that you have to have in place before you actually are seeing patients on your own. But um, so I did. I will say I think early on when I started my LLC and I started like, okay, this is going to be something. I was just tired and burned out. But then as I, as I gained a different experience in private practice, the excitement is what pushed me to so it's like both it was, sides yeah, of that. it's yeah. both. So it was like, Stick okay, I yeah. actually love this. And I think I was afraid of my husband always says it's better to run towards something than away from something. And I think had I started my clinic when I was running away from something, I think I may have been a little more disappointed and just, I mean, not, not just sure. for where I was. And, and, and I think I needed some time to decide for me, okay, what am I actually running towards? And so really a little smart. bit of both probably. Yeah, that made sense. I, Cause I feel like for me as a business owner and entrepreneur, I, I've been really good at, is until now, I, I had been really good at figuring out what I didn't want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that had defined probably my first 15 years in business. Mm-hmm. And then the last five years, I've started to figure out what I do want. What do you want. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to a question for you. Oh, well, let me back up for a second. How long have you been in business and what you're doing now? And bit, like actually seeing yeah. patients since July. 
Uh, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Like, it is. I am still in the – Dave Ramsey says that all a lot of businesses go through five stages, and I'm in the treadmill operator stage <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I'm the CEO, the chief everything officer. <laughs> 100%. Wear all the hats. Uh, all the yes. Do you feel like you know what you're doing in any of those roles? <laughs> I will say, I definitely on the patient care side, one hundred percent. I've got that down. Yep. I feel the very technician confident. side. You, yes, uh, all right. the business side. I am learning a lot as I go. Y'all have been the biggest help, and my <laughs> husband has been the biggest help. He actually um, does something totally different than me. He does investment banking, and so he sells companies. Like he uh-huh. works with business owners from the like outside. So he's. You know, he so he has a lot of insight on like what to do and what not to do just as you're growing a business. So yep. that's been very, very helpful. But I'm learning a lot on the business that, side because he says awesome. all the time, he's like, you would just give away everything. You would just, <laughs> you know, so like it, it's hard. It's hard for me. The 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 <laughs> like charging people for my services has been the biggest like, OK, no, in order for me to actually be able to do this and like have a job and continue to provide this service i have to get paid for it so (laughs) 100 it's it's funny i i um i was a speaker on a webinar yesterday morning um it was a female entrepreneur and business owner group of about 15 females they meet at 5 30 in the morning i'm like wow i know i know no business group that meets at 5 30 in the morning y'all are like hustlers like i was like so impressed there's like 15 of them on there but one of the things i talked about and it's so common for business owners especially in the early stages like you just care about like being good at what you do and reputation and helping and it's like but you got to be profitable. You got yes. if you're not sustainable, you're not going to be there in a year to help them. Mm-hmm. And it's a business, and so many like I was going over the numbers of the it's such a high percentage in the first three years of business, especially for female business owners. I believe that like, you can double your price and you're still undercharging yeah. compared to yep. the market because you, you do. You you're sound like, like Skylar because he says <laughs> that all the time. He's like, like you. Yeah, that's um, so true. So it's interesting, but I, I, I have good news and I have bad news for you and for everybody out there listening. I have been in business 24, 25 years now. Um, by career and education, taxes, tax firm is what I do, but I've owned at this point probably 20, 21, 22 businesses kind wow. of on the side. I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I still every day of like learning and figure it out. So yeah. I don't think there is any on the business the technician part. Like I got yeah. that. I, I I'm as confident and as experienced in taxes and different yeah. things I do as anybody in the world. But when it comes to the business side, I'm like, man, it's hard. It is. And it's well, and it's challenging evolving. and changes. I feel like absolutely. It's kind of like Insta or social media. I feel like it, when you finally feel like, okay, <laughs> I think I figured this out, it changes. It does. The it's, algorithm changes. They add some other <laughs> thing, and you're like, what in the world? <laughs> so uh, talking about business and changes and just – it's interesting, and I, I love this so much, but it scares the crap out of me too uh, – entrepreneur especially since covid and you know the great resignation and things that happened there like it's become the thing to do like business owner Mm -hmm. entrepreneur influencer um so many people in their like early 20s or wanting to get in business space or get into business space if you had to do 
all over and you mm-hmm. start it over and you come out of grad school and you're like, I'm going to start my own practice. I'm mm-hmm. going to do my own thing. A, would you do that? B, do you think anybody can do that and be successful without the experience of what you went through working for Ooh, practices? I think that's a tough thing. I feel like it depends on the the profession, honestly. Uh-huh. I think you know, did, did I maybe think that I could have done that coming out of grad school because I was, you know, my, <laughs> I, my one of my mentors, she's, you know, refers, she was like, you, y'all, y'all all thought y'all were hot little stuff back then. <laughs> like, yeah, we yep. were, we thought we were hot little stuff, but, um, did I think I probably could have done it back then? Yes. I truly believe with, with healthcare, with my, with my profession, that it really took the experience and the, Mm -hmm. I think, the grind. I tell this to my, I have a lot of college students who um, have interned with me over the past couple years since we've been back. And a lot of them will ask me, like, what is your advice? And I usually say, I'm like, you know, those first few years are crucial for establishing a foundation of, like, your work ethic, your experience, your so there's a lot of a lot to be said in the mundane of it, you know. I, I think I I think, you know, so I personally I think I needed the all of the experiences that I had to actually lead me to where I am now. Um but can people do it without that? Yes. I mean, I have had friends who have started businesses right out of college, marketing businesses mm-hmm. and social media businesses and boutiques and things like that, and they have done incredibly well. And they didn't need to go, you know, be an intern somewhere or an apprentice somewhere. Um, but in medicine, I think you kind of have to gain your, your gray hairs a little bit, you know. That makes sense. And I really, I truly do like personally get caught up in like, on one hand, I feel like you just got to go work somewhere else. You got to be an employee somewhere else yeah. to, to understand the work ethic, the grind, yeah. the, what what you don't like about what's happening and what you think you could do mm-hmm. better. And I, I think there's so much value in that. And everybody should be an employee and everybody should work for somebody and especially in the field that they want to start something in. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, I like, you can read all the business books, you can watch all the videos, listen to all the podcasts like this, until you experience running a business, you're just not gonna learn this yeah. stuff. You can't learn it from a book or a podcast. And so I'm like, you're not gonna know how to run a business or be a business owner, be an entrepreneur until you do it and get that experience. Exactly. But I also think there's that side that's so important, especially in the technical space of mm-hmm. being a, a professional staff or a professional service, you got. You almost need to go work somewhere too. So I think for me, I've determined if I had to advise somebody on what to do, go be a W two employee somewhere first, yeah, and start your business on the side, on the side or like yes. tiptoe into it and let it build. Yeah, and, and I think probably some of your journey is similar to mine. When I was able to make transitions into different business mm-hmm. niches or different business pieces, I had clients. I had reputation. I wasn't yes. starting from scratch, from scratch or having to have Instagram like drive mm-hmm. all my traffic mm-hmm. and all my business. And so, I, I do think that's a game changer. Um, 
I will say, I think from just starting out with my practice, you know, July and August, I, I just wanted five pa- That was literally my goal was like, I just need five patients this first month of July. Like I just, you know, I want to keep the lights on. And, and um, I've been amazed. I mean, it's it, yes. July was fully booked. August is fully booked. No and, way. Yeah. And I oh, think that's it's so great. from that. Like it's from old patients who yep. have followed who have told people and then my instagram that's been there for three your four instagram years. is awesome by oh, the way thank it's, you it's, i'm definitely still learning instagram it is, but. i mean you i mean in the little bit of time i've been following it since we've talked like you put a lot of time and effort into it. I mean, you, there is oh, content, there's videos, it's pretty, it's all the things. You you do well, a really good job you. with it, but I know it's the fun. work. I know the work it takes to do all that yeah, too. So, yeah, it does, but it's also really fun. I've really met so many cool people mm-hmm. through it, and it's been a great way to have a love hate relationship with Instagram. <laughs> you know, I get but that. yeah, but I think being faithful in those little things, like starting it three mm-hmm. years ago, and just kind of building it from zero followers. It's not huge by any means now, but those those things have kind of led to the onset of when you when I did open, I had people ready, you know, yep. who were already like, I'm wait I've been waiting for this and I'm excited about it. So I do think you're you're so right in that. I love it. All right. This is my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. This is when we get to do the stronger business max out moment. The part of the podcast where you get to share one takeaway, one tip, if our audience doesn't glean anything else from this episode, a piece of advice, some wisdom, something you've learned through experience, a book to read, it could be anything inspirational or educational or just any business tip. So if you were to leave our audience today with one tip or piece of advice, your max out moment, what would it be? Okay, well, this is a, I thought about this earlier, and I was like, okay, I have several things that I could probably say. I don't know. I'm not a great business person, like I said, but um, this is more from a mentor of mine and more of a, more of a spiritual thing, but I have seen the fruit of it so much in our lives over the years, and now as a mom and a business owner, I just, it's been something that I really, the Lord has put on my heart a lot lately. There's um, in, in Proverbs 3, verse 9, I think it's verse 9, um, it says, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. And then in Romans, there's a verse that says, If the first fruits of the dough, or if the dough that is offered as first fruit, is holy the sum of the whole dough is holy and i think it's like if a limb if the limb is holy then the whole tree is holy so one thing that we've Skylar and i just have you know in our finances but also in our lives have really tried to do is honor the lord with our first fruits um but that's been something as i've opened a business that i feel like he's really kind of put on my heart of like honor me with the first fruits of your day of your your appointments with your patients Ooh, of yeah. your increase of your 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 finances and so 
I have seen so much blessing. So there's a the Hebrew word for first fruits, which is really interesting to me. It's I can't I'll butcher the name of the word, but the meaning in scripture is actually you would think it would mean like sacrifice or offering or it actually means promise to come. And so the Lord promises blessing when we give him what we've like the best of what we've been given. And so anyway, I have I had my men, a mentor of mine. She um, was a first, my first client, my first patient, and it kind of just worked out that way. Like she just didn't know that she was my very first patient, um, and she sat down with me. And before we started our, our meeting, she was like, um, "Can I pray over you?" And it changed the course of my our conversation. And so I have kind of been trying to do that with the first fruits of everything, like the first fruits of my day, being like, Lord, have have the first fruits of this day. Before I see a patient, I'll pray over that patient. Um, and then this first fruits of like my business, like what is, I'm still, you know, asking the Lord, what does that look like this month as we end out my first month of January, you know, but I think sometimes I can get really focused on the X's and the O's and the numbers and the, I think sometimes when I just take a step back, I'm like, okay, I am called to do this. I am, the Lord has blessed me with this, but I'm also just a steward of it. I'm not actually the owner of it. I think it's just been really cool to see the blessing that come, the promise of what's to come from that. If that makes any sense. It does. It makes complete sense. I think it is. It's so refreshing, and I think as as a lot of us mature more as business owners, we start to understand that and see that more. Because mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, you get so hung up in, like, the grind and the quantity, yeah. and you forget, like, yeah. who you are, what's really important, mm-hmm. like, what you're trying to mean and change people's lives and connect yeah. and relationships and faith and all that stuff is like I mean the highest priority for all us but we go days or weeks and forget about any even five minutes of our day focusing Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. things like that and Mm -hmm. I think that's that's huge and I I think it really aligns with what you do in serving patients and clients is you know, it's there's you got to take care of every limb mm-hmm. to have a healthy tree. Mm-hmm. It's it's faith, it's fitness, yeah. it's health, it's hormones, it's all the things, and mm-hmm. I think it all lines up to all be extremely important. There's a much bigger reason we're all here, and yeah. not just the X's and O's or the yeah. dollars and cents. And and you, those are important. They you are. Know? They're and, so important. But, but you and, can't. And again, it takes every. I think. Yep. And it, I think it comes back to, you know, for a lot of us we've seen a lot of again things we don't want and for me it's i don't want to be a business owner that makes a bunch of money that mm-hmm. kind of forgets who they are spiritually or mm-hmm. has a bad relationship with their spouse or doesn't yeah. take care of themselves from mm-hmm. a fitness standpoint or mm-hmm. a health standpoint and so having that holistic picture and global picture of who you want to be personally and professionally and bringing that yeah. every day to work and yeah. living it out. I think it's super cool. It's an awesome max out moment. So it's Thank really, you. really good. <laughs> All right. So where do people find you at? How do they connect? How do they follow you on Instagram? How do they sign up and make appointments? Um, tell us all the things. So 
Instagram is probably the easiest. It's uh-huh. just at the Women's Health Company. I have a website that is thewomenshealthcompany.com. Um, my email is on Instagram. Patients can schedule on my website. And then once they're in the practice, then they get to be a part of the portal and the sure. daily communication. But, um, but yeah, Instagram awesome. is probably the way to go. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been amazing. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I learned Chad. a lot here. All of you listening, Go check out Instagram, check out website. Such an awesome name, awesome company. Awesome that you're doing something unique and different. I love it. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. We're excited to come to you again next week with more tools and tactics to help you get stronger in your business and in your life. Check us out on Instagram at Stronger Business or follow us. Uh, on our website at strongerbusiness.com. Have an awesome rest of your day, and we'll see you next week.